Welcome to another episode of Do Loss. Today we're going to talk about vengeance. And we want to talk about why vengeance is good or bad and do we have the right to get revenge on people? And what does the Bible say about vengeance? And I think there's a great story that happened this past week that could really shed light on this issue or help us to shed light on this issue between it was a story between two high school students that were freshmen and now they are in their first year of going to college and it's between Jimmy Galligan and Mimi Groves so the New York Times covered this story so we're gonna read excerpts of this and try to comment on what happened here so it starts like this Jimmy Galligan was in history class last school year when his phone buzzed with a message once he clicked on it he found a three-second video of a white classmate looking into the camera and uttering an anti-black racial slur the slur, he said, was regularly hurled in classrooms and hallways throughout his years in the Luton County School District. He had brought the issue up to teachers and administrators, but much to his anger and frustration, his complaints had gone nowhere. So he held on to the video, which was sent to him by a friend, and made a decision that would ricochet across Leesburg, Virginia, a town named for an ancestor of the Confederate General Robert E. Lee, and whose school system had fought in order to desegregate for more than a decade after this after the Supreme Court's landmark ruling. So obviously you can see where this is going. He had heard this racial slur uttered by this white student and he did not like it. He went to the administrators to complain, but they really didn't do anything about it. So, but he held on to the video and which was sent to him by a friend and made a decision that would ricochet across Leesburg. So he held on to, he held on to this video. This is way back in 2016 when they were freshmen. So he held on to this video all the way up until now in 2020 and we'll continue reading to find out what happened here so he wanted he says this i wanted to get her where she would understand the severity of that word uh mr 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 galligan he's 18 his, his mother's black his father's white and this student that said this word was mimi groves so he tucked the video away deciding to post it publicly when the time was right so and this past summer mimi groves she had posted on social media that during the killing of George Floyd and the protests that were going on, she said she urged people to protest, to donate, and sign a petition rally and do something in support of the Black Lives Matter movement. So she, again, based on her actions just this past year, she would seem not to be a, a, quote, racist. However, the story continues that once the, once she was entering college, she was a cheerleader, um, she had high hopes. She had done, you know, her parents had talked about how she had tried to make sure she did everything right to get into the University of Tennessee. And but after the video was posted on social media by Mr. Galligan, story says this Miss Groves was removed from the university's chair team. She then withdrew from the school under pressure from admissions officials who told her they had received hundreds of emails and phone calls from outraged alumni, students and the public. So over this video she made when she was a teenager, when she was just able to drive, Jimmy Galligan held on to it and waited for the right time when she was trying to get into the College of Her Dreams. She was a cheerleader on a really high-performing cheer team, I think a national champion cheer team. And he posted a video right at the apex of her success, or at least her trajectory, her star was about to take off in college. It seemed that way. So the admissions official that talked to Ms. Groves said, quote, they're angry and they want to see action. 
And the action was that they told her that she would not be welcomed at the campus and she would have to find another another way to go to school. And so the story goes on and says, in one sense, the public shaming of Miss Groves underscores the power of social media to hold people of all ages accountable with consequences at times, including harassment and both online and real world cancellation. But the story behind the backlash also reveals a more complex portrait of behavior that for generations had gone unchecked in schools in one of the nation's wealthiest counties where black students said they had long been subjected to ridicule. Miss Groves was being punished for behavior that had long been tolerated. And this is her defense of the video. Miss Groves said, at the time, I didn't understand the severity of the word or the history and context behind it because I was so young. And she added that, quote, all the songs we listen to, and I'm not using that as an excuse, had this had this slur in it. And she was saying she also said went on to say, uh, quote, how can you convince somebody that has never met you? And the only thing they've ever seen of you is that three second clip. So just think about this. Her life is pretty much derailed going forward because of a three second clip that she posted when she was 15 or 16 years old, when she posted that. And it was really to a, a friend. It wasn't publicly. She just sent it to a friend, but her friend sent it to others. And that's how it got out. So now she loses her cheer place, her her cheer membership. She is pretty much forced out of the university. And now the story went on to say that she's going to community college right now and just really trying to recover from this just completely earth shattering video that completely wrecked her career. So this guy held on to it for four years, though. If you think about it, four years, he held on waiting for the right time to set this girl up and to ruin her life. So the story goes on, and, and her parents, who are just completely flabbergasted by this, they said their daughter was being targeted by a social media mob for a mistake she made as an adolescent, and they urged university officials to assess her character by speaking with her high school and cheer coaches. Instead, admissions officials gave her an ultimatum withdraw or the university would rescind her offer of admission. And her mom said, Mrs. Grove said, quote, we just needed it to stop, so we withdrew her, adding that the entire experience had vaporized 12 years of her daughter's hard work. They rushed to judgment, and unfortunately, quote, it's going to affect her for the rest of her life. So just think about that, a three-second video that a guy who was offended by it held on to and then broadcasted it at the point in her life where she was trying to enter into the college of her dreams and be part of the chair team and her mom even said 12 years worth of work is now gone because of a three second clip and Mr. Galligan the guy who set her up and held the video or not set her up but just held on to the video and posted it he said if I never posted that video nothing would have ever happened and because the, inter and because the internet never forgets the clip will always be available to watch I'm going to remind myself, you started something, he said with satisfaction. You taught someone a lesson. And he sure did teach her a lesson. And he completely, I wouldn't say ruined her life, but she completely derailed her college career. That's for sure. And she's still trying to recover from that. So is what he did a good thing? Is, is what Jimmy Galligan did to Mimi Groves, is that a 
was that a right thing to do in, in the light of what God tells us about? Now, when you look at vengeance in the Bible, it's the King James Version. There's, a lot, there's about 36 times that it's mentioned. And it talks about how God is a God of vengeance. He will repay. He will do. He will visit vengeance on his enemies. He will visit vengeance on the heathen. So vengeance is part of God's character and nature. He will get his day in court. And he will, like the story says, hold everybody accountable for what they do. And Mimi Groves was held accountable in this life for what she did. Now, did Jimmy Galligan have the right to do that? Well, let's, let's take a look. First Thessalonians 5.15 says, See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. So right there, I think that pretty ends the, ends the argument there that Jimmy Galligan should not have done this deed. He should not have held on to a video for four years to get back at this woman who didn't really personally insult him. But he took offense to it. And now... He, he, he thought he had the right to, without any regret, to ruin her college career. And now some people on the right I heard this week were saying, how could you ruin this girl's life? You know, she's she did one stupid mistake. Or even her mom said she was an adolescent when she did this. This was just a dumb mistake that she did. She doesn't deserve this. So that that's really the argument on the other side that people are saying, at least on the right side of the aisle. She didn't deserve this. She doesn't deserve to have her life ruined for a three-second video clip. However, the, I think the Bible has a different has a different take on that. And we'll use the example of Moses. Moses was chosen by God to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. Mimi, as far as I know, has not been chosen by God to do anything special. Moses was used to perform dreadfully awesome miracles, like the plagues, you know, bringing down manna from heaven, um, parting the Red Sea. Moses had a unique relationship with God. Exodus three three eleven and Numbers twelve seven talk about how God was going to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend, rather than how God spoke to other prophets in in visions and in, in dreams and things like that. But he, God Himself said, "I'm going to speak to Moses face to face like a man speaks to his friend." So he had a unique relationship with God. Moses. Actually, you was willing to was willing to give up his life to spare his people from the wrath of God. In Exodus thirty two seven through fourteen, he talked. God was was about to destroy the Jews for their disobedience, but Moses said, "You know, blot me out of your book, and don't. If you're going to take them out, take me out too." So he was willing to put himself on the line. As far as I know, Mimi has not done that, or you know, for a group of people. And if she had done that, I'm sure we would have known it, and her parents would have even mentioned something like that. So, but here's a, here's a story. In Numbers 27 through 12, Moses disobeyed, and this was the consequence. So even though he, had, he was chosen by God, he performed miracles, he had a unique relationship with God, and he even was willing to put himself on the line to spare his own people from the wrath of God. Take a listen to what happened in Numbers 20, verses 7 through 12. And it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod, and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it, and it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock. So thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts drink. So they were in the desert. It was hot. They didn't have any more water. And God said, Hey, if you go take your rod, go talk to this rock, and water will come out of it. So it goes on to say, And Moses took the rod from before the Lord, as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels, 
must we fetch you water out of this rock? So Moses, you know, we're taking care of two million people in a desert that constantly complain and murmur and want to get rid of you as their leader. It's kind of understandable that you would be frustrated after a little while. And Moses at this point definitely was frustrated. So he's being sarcastic with them. So he said, here now, you rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand and with his rod, he smote the rock twice. So God told him to speak to the rock, but Moses hit the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly and the congregation drank and their beasts also. So although God told him to speak to the rock and Moses hit the rock twice, God still caused the water to come out of the rock and everybody was watered and fed, including including the animals. But the Lord told, tells Moses this, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because ye believed me not to sanctify me in, in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. So based on one mistake, that Moses, who had a special rela relationship with God, he was willing to throw himself and to throw himself at God's feet to spare his people, the Israelites, from the wrath of God, God turned around and punished Moses for making one mistake. As far as you know, that was the only mistake Moses made in regards to directly disobeying, disobeying God's command. And it's not like Moses didn't want to give the people water. He wanted to give them water. He was angry. He was frustrated. So you would think, you know, God would understand he was, you know, you know, he was frustrated taking care of these millions of people and they're complaining and they're animals and it's hot in the desert. You would think that God would just show a little bit of grace and not bar Moses from going into the promised land. But God said, because you believe me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. So one mistake, just like the story said, a three second clip ruined her life. And now she's not getting into the university that she wanted to get into. She's not able to be a part of the University of Tennessee's cheer team that was a very highly ranked uh, cheer team. And now she's suffering the consequences of a three second video clip that she made four years ago. But as we see in the Bible, even the greatest le leaders held accountable for a little you could say a three second mistake Moses made and God held him accountable. And now Moses was never enter, able, able to enter into the promised land. But it goes further than that, because in Matthew twelve thirty six, Jesus himself says, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Every idle word, every slip of the tongue, everything that we say as a man or a woman, we will be held accountable for. Every idle word, it could be something that you don't think you said five years ago, 10 years ago, 15, 30, 50 years ago, depending on your age. If you said it long ago, you will be held accountable for that. Every idle word, every careless word that you said to your children, to your spouse, to a friend, everything you said behind somebody's back, behind your boss's back or to your boss or things that you've said about the president or about the Democrats or about the Republicans. Anybody you said an idle word against, you will be held accountable for it. And Mimi Groves is an example. Now, what is what Jimmy Galligan did right? No, it wasn't right. He he doesn't have that right to visit vengeance upon people because if we were to dig into his life, we would see things that he should not have done. And God will visit vengeance upon him for his vengeance upon Mimi because it wasn't his right to visit vengeance upon Mimi. It's only God's right. And a few more examples talk about talk about how one mistake could ruin your life or one thing that you're holding on to that you ought not to could ruin your life 
There's a historian, Luke 18, 21, verse 25, through 25, about a rich drunk ruler coming to Jesus. And he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, you know the commandments. You know, you shouldn't steal. You shouldn't kill. You shouldn't uh, commit adultery. And the guy says, hey, I've done all these things. Or, or, or I haven't done any of those things. I've kept all these laws from my youth up. And Jesus says, now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing, just one thing he lacks to enter eternal life. He says, sell all that thou hast and distribute unto the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come follow me. And it goes on to say in verse 23, and when he heard this, he was very sorrowful for he was very rich. So he had, he didn't commit adultery. He didn't murder. He didn't steal. He didn't take God's name in vain. All these things that he claims he never did, which I think by virtue of the fact that he was human, he was probably lying about that. But to give him the benefit of the doubt, let's say he, he didn't steal, he didn't commit adultery, he didn't lie, he didn't do any of those things. However, because he was willing to hold on to his riches more than to go serve Christ and follow Christ, now we have very good reason to believe that this man is now in hell because he wasn't willing to give up his riches. He wasn't willing to give up just one thing that held him back. Moses, one disobedient act held him back from the promised land. Mimi grows one act from your childhood could ruin your life. One act from my past could ruin my life because every sin will be held to account, will be brought to account. And the story said, the New York Times story said that all these, you know, social media is being used to hold people of all ages accountable. People are being held accountable for things that they've said. We don't, we might not think that that's fair because the assumption is we deserve grace. We deserve to have a quote, second chance. We deserve not to be held accountable for something that, you know, I did when I was young and I was stupid and I was foolish. Of course, you're stupid and you're foolish when you're a teenager, when you're, you're a preteen, you do and say stupid things that, that doesn't preclude the fact that you should be held accountable for them at all. According to what the Bible teaches, Deuteronomy 32 35, God says to me belongeth vengeance and recompense. Their foot shall slide in due time. For the day of their calamity is at hand, and the things that shall come upon them make haste. So Jesus, God is saying here that I have, I have the sole right of vengeance. Nobody else does. I do. I will take vengeance on my enemies. People wrong you, I will take vengeance on them. Romans twelve nineteen through 21 says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. That's a pretty simple declarative statement right there, a command statement saying we don't have the right to take vengeance we can't go avenge ourselves we don't have that right but rather give place unto wrath for it is written and then he quotes deuteronomy deuteronomy 32 35 vengeance is mine i will repay i will repay saith the lord therefore paul goes on to say if thine enemy hunger feed him if he thirst give him drink for in so doing thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. So this is where Jimmy Galligan went wrong. If he thought this woman was being malicious and evil against him for uttering this racial slur, he should have went spoken kindly to her, helped her understand why she shouldn't have said it, and maybe this this story would never come to light. They may maybe they would have been friends to this day, and they could have resolved their issue back then. He he could he could have shown kindness and grace to her as he ought to have done. But he didn't. And now he's in violation of this command and he will be brought to account, whether in this life or the next. And finally, I want to end with Revelation 21, 8. And it says, but the fearful 
and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So if you are a fearful person, if you are unbelieving, uh, presumably presumably here talking about unbelieving in Christ, if you are abominable, engaging, engaging in abominable acts, if you are a murderer, and Jesus said if you are angry with somebody in your heart, you are a murderer. If you are a whoremonger, if you are a person who sleeps around with people, or even if you didn't want, you did it once outside of marriage, you you will be held to account. If you are a sorcerer, if you're an idolater, if you're a worshiper of false gods, you, if you engage in demonic activity and, and witchcraft, if you are a liar, if you ever if you ever told a lie, you are a liar. You don't need to tell two, three, four lies to become a liar. Once you tell one lie, you are a liar. But all these people, they will have their part in a lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. So. It's not the fact that we can do certain sins or do certain things wrong and then God's going to look at our character like her parents wanted her, wanted the school to, hey, look at her whole character, look at everything that she's done in her life and compare it to that one incident that she did that was wrong. And really the university actually pretty much did the right thing as far as revoking her admission because she did something wrong. We're held accountable for what we've done wrong. We could do something so good, so magnanimous, so gracious, and still be held to account for the evil thing that we've, that we've done. And the reason, and then by virtue of the fact that people are celebrating what was done to Mimi Groves shows that they, and at least there's, there's some sense of justice there that they believe in, some objective sense of justice. She shouldn't have used that word. That's a wrong word to use. That's a bad word to, to use for anybody to use, regardless of your skin color. You should not use that word. That's a bad that's a bad sinful word that doesn't bring edification to the hearers at all in any context whatsoever so the fact that she is held to account and now has lost her scholarship lost her chance to be at the university of tennessee and suffering backlash from those who are angry with her for using that word she deserves it she does deserve losing her scholarship she does deserve losing her admissions to the school but the catch is we all deserve what she has gone through and much worse for the things that we've done in our past. She's not the only one who's said a racial slur or said something that she shouldn't have said. We've all done that. The Bible talks about how the tongue is a world of iniquity and sets the whole world on fire just by, we can set the whole world on fire just with our tongues. So we just see an example of what happened to her that she deserved and we deserve it too. So people on the right that say she didn't deserve it, no, that's not true. The Bible clearly says that she did deserve something for something like that to happen to her, regardless of the fact that she was urging people to protest and go support Black Lives Matter. That doesn't matter. She did something wrong and she was held to account for it. Just but uh, the people on the left that are celebrating this. Be careful, because when your day comes, you will be held to account as well. Even if you get away with it in this life, that's fine. But you will have to give an account at the day of judgment. Jesus said every idle word we'll have to give account thereof in the day of judgment nobody escapes nobody gets away we all will be brought to account so i just that was my thoughts on that uh, episode of this week and i hope you'll come and join me next week and we'll talk about what happened this past week with the riots at the capitol building and talk about why people riot to begin with and why on the right or on the left it's wrong to riot so come join me next time on Do Lots.